Trigger warning. In case it wasn't obvious, this episode contains descriptions of people eating people. Discretion is advised. The woods can be a scary place. Dark shadows creeping in the moonlight. Unfamiliar sounds surrounding you. Stalking you. Is it a ghost? A werewolf? Or something more? Human. What would you do if you found yourself lost in the strange woods? Join us as we discuss the paranormal, true crime, and anything in between with your hosts, Jeremy. I am just trying to quit. <laughs> Jonathan. Use my Google letter. And Peter. Hey, don't tell anybody we ate this guy. Welcome to the Strange Woods Podcast. Yeah, put down the popcorn, kids. Because you actually you might be hungry after this one. I don't know what you're into. I'm not going to kink shame you. I mean, I'm pretty hungry. I had Totino's Pizza for supper. I do that a lot, actually. It's very convenient and very cheap. Oh, I like the square ones because we have a square... Um, um, not Instapot. What's the damn air fryer? Air fryer. And, yeah, and it works perfectly in there. Oh, neat. Did you I have used, any meat on your pizza? Meat? No, it was just cheese. So, well, what Brittany didn't know is that I actually prefer, well, I don't prefer, I, I enjoy the uh, the hamburger flavor of the Totino's pizza, but I also like the cheese. And that's what she got me. Yeah, I like so the I'm cheese cool with it. Pretty good. Well, like my kid won't eat the hamburger one, so um, I'm yeah. cool with the cheese one. You know why he won't eat the hamburger one? It's because he probably listened to this episode already. Yeah, I listened to this episode before it came out um, yesterday, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet. It, it, no, I, I, let's be real. Uh, even even tomorrow, I didn't listen to this episode. Hey, this one's about cannibalism or cannibales. Cannibalases? I don't know. Welcome to episode... Tw- what is this? Episode 20? 19. 19. Oh, we're almost at 20, folks. Welcome to episode 19 of the Strange Woods podcast. All right. So, yeah, like we said, this one's about cannibalism. Um, But first, we have a listener story from the Unexplained Facebook page. If you listen to our last full episode, you know that we got a bunch of stories from these people from the Facebook page. And one of them is the Unexplained. Has this listener eaten someone? Uh, I mean, maybe. Is this listener from the Midwest? No, he's he's from uh, the Bronx, actually, but he lives in West Virginia, it says. Uh, uh, Felix. Okay, so Felix says, I retired from the Army in 2015 and landed a job with the federal government in 2016. The only problem was that it was an internship. My retirement pay and internship pay wasn't enough to pay bills, so I did lift at night. Trying not to put too many miles on my car, I only did it for five hours and only from Dulles Airport. If I had a passenger, I put on soft jazz. When I was by myself, I put on local or national news and I knew all the on-air personalities by name and even by the sound of their voice. A typical ride would look like this. I'm parked at Dulles waiting for the chime on the Lyft app to sound signaling that I have a passenger waiting at one of the arrival doors. I turn on the jazz, pick up the passenger, take passenger to their destination, then back to Dulles to do it all over again. There is a dedicated road back to Dulles for people that are going straight there and not using any of the exits on the road adjacent to it. I use this road because it's faster and there's no tolls. I've used it hundreds of times. 
On the way back to Dulles after a drop-off, I'm listening to the news when I notice the road back to Dulles isn't familiar anymore, and the Lyft app was acting weird. The people in the news channel are speaking English, but they aren't at the same time. Difficult to explain. They were using words I've never heard alongside normal English. Weird AF. One segment talked about a war in Africa between the country of Laibu, I think, and Soma, I think, for territory located between them. Then a hostile military takeover of somewhere called Land's Edge and political unrest in Ruthenia, something to that effect. The whole incident took maybe three minutes, then the road looked familiar again, and after the commercial break, the news people I was used to listening to were back on. I was so confused that I pulled into the gas station at Dulles, turned off my Lyft app, and did research on the crazy news stories I just heard. Nothing. Couldn't find any of it online. I went home after that. Maybe I was just tired from working two jobs. There has to be a way... I guess, right? To take over like radio frequencies. Like could you, could you in theory just to mess with people, just take over radio frequency and talk nonsense like that? Nowadays, I don't know, but um, I know back in the day it was possible for sure. Cause um, there was, what was it called? Max Headroom. So I have to tell you all about this later. Cause I don't remember all the details, but basically somebody hijacked, I think it was like a news channel or something. And they played this guy, Max Headroom, on the TV, along with like some weird audio. And yeah, I mean, if they can do it to TV, I don't see why they couldn't do it to radio. Yeah, that's like some super villain shit. We're not talking about like War of the Worlds, like that broadcast, are we? No, no, no. I'll send this to y'all so y'all can watch it later. I feel like if you're up there by Dulles, I mean, you're in Virginia. Um, and Dulles is pretty close. I, hold on, let me use my... The Google later. Dulles International Airport. Yes, that's what I thought. So Dulles is right outside of Washington. You know, so you're up there in that part of Virginia. Highly populated. Like when you're out here in Georgia and between Georgia and Louisiana, y'all know that. When you're fading through county lines and you're fading through those local radio stations that just come in on nothing, you know, I could see how you'd get interference between two where they'd fight for signal strength. Yeah. But, uh... In a major city, if you got it set to one radio station, I wouldn't think that you're going to pull interference from another station, especially when you're as used to the stations as this guy sounds like he is. Um, Not to mention they were talking about countries in Africa that don't exist. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah you know, that's not an interference thing unless somebody's just like pranking somebody. Yeah. That or maybe it's a lack of sleep, which or maybe just something crazy happened. But I have a different take. And, and that is f lift. Um, <laughs> and reason being, over the past month, being Britney's debit cards have had five hundred dollars in fraudulent lift charges that Holy I've had to, I've had to deal with. Really? Uh, and it's not Lyft's fault. Obviously, it's some hacker or data breach or something got my our debit card information. Uh, Sounds like more of a f big cities kind of deal. Yeah. Every fuck, time I'm sketchy gas stations. Every time I've had my information stolen on a credit card, it's always been from inside a big city. Like in Cincinnati, when I lived in Ohio, it happened twice. Well, let me ask you this. Do you all use your pen when you go to a, a gas station? Never. Okay. Because that, that's how we had ours stolen. We used a pen and somebody had hacked into the uh, the Wi-Fi over there or something. I did not know that could happen. Well, what's yeah. crazy is me and Brittany don't use the same gas stations. The only thing we have in common is... Google Pay and Amazon, you know? So I'm like, mm. unless it's just coincidental that each of us got it taken. I don't know. Either. Now there are those, 
I've seen where they, they say to, before you stick your card in a machine to grab it, to make sure there's not a, a, re, a skimmer over the top of yeah, it. Yeah, that's a big thing for sure. I have been known to be that guy that shakes the gas pump beforehand. Oh, like the old school looking ones. I'll usually pull on it if I'm not in a hurry. Back to this guy's story though. I mean, have y'all ever been driving somewhere and just suddenly didn't know where you were? No, I haven't, but I, I do get it to where I lose track of where I am when driving. And I think that's fairly common. And it'll be like 20 minutes later, I'm in a completely different spot than I remember being. I'm like, wow, I have no recollection of how I got here. I've done that many a times. That's freaky. Yeah. But I mean, like, if you look around, though, you kind of, you know where you're at. This yeah. guy just sounds like he didn't know where he was. Yeah. You know, I'm going to throw it out there. I like the the idea that he... You know, drove straight in a, 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 a parallel dimension, you know, that's like, what a, that's like a pocket between dimensions or something or like yeah, leading like, into another one. Yeah. Like who's to say he wasn't paying attention. Road looks a little fuzzy. Uh, that ain't fog. All of a sudden, old boys in a, you know, dimension that's running pretty parallel to our dimension. And then, you know, fog clears. All of a sudden now we're back in another dimension. That the concept of those dimensions running so close to each other like that. That's always been something I thought was kind of interesting. And you know, like with that in mind, who's to say if that's happening for this guy, it's not happening with all kind of people. You know, maybe that's when you see Bigfoot or UFOs, you know, those kind of things. Or remember the Berenstein Bears, you know? Oh, yeah. I remember the Berenstein Bears. I remember the Berenstein Bears. I can't spell, so I can't say what it was. You're from the wrong dimension. (laughs) (laughs) No, I actually saw an interesting concept on that, and that's a... Probably a whole nother episode on its own, but where they were talking about how the people with all the money, the big corporations and stuff, you know, what if they're just trying to basically put little bitty things out there like, well, if we change this, did they notice? Okay, they didn't notice. All right, how far can we push this before they notice? Yeah, like there's these wealthy future time travelers that are like, let's let's test the whole butterfly effect theory here. Let's just make these small changes and see if they cascade into something else. Well, is it that or are they messing with things and things are changing on their own and they're like, oh, crap, how do we fix that? People are remembering it. Yeah, yeah that that was oops. You know, like what what if all this craziness in the past 10 years is because they did something in 2012 and uh, messed everything up for everybody. And we've just been kind of a, a spiral of trying to fix things. Oh, you mean like turn on CERN? What year was that? I don't know. But the whole thing about... uh and we we don't have to go too far into this because I think this could get a whole other episode too. But uh, yeah. there's a conspiracy theory out there that the world did end in 2012 like the Mayans predicted. And that everything past that has just been craziness, you know, like another universe or something. Do y'all ever get the sensation that like, because it, it is relevant to this topic, like sometimes I'll be driving along somewhere and it's like the feeling hits me that like, I'm not supposed to be here right now. Like in the grand scheme, something has gone astray to where I'm not in a point right now is where I should have been based off of, you know, some projection from my past. Yeah. And and it's hard to, I guess, put into words that sensation, but it, it happens more now than it used to. Maybe that's growing up or maybe that's like Peter said, that something did go wrong (laughs) and things are going to shit. True. True. I mean, uh, Hannah just texted me a funny story that we were one time we were driving up to, we were headed to Nashville and there's a spot on the, the highway 
in Georgia where you're it's it's all of a sudden you're in Georgia, then you're in Alabama, then you're back in Georgia, and you hit Tennessee, then you're back in Alabama, then you hit Tennessee again. And we got pulled over doing about ninety miles an hour. The cop said, You know how fast you were going? And I said, Sir, I don't even know what state I'm in right now. <laughs> he just kinda he, he kinda covered his face, turned and walked away and didn't say anything. <laughs> but uh, you know, we were Back to his story, you know, Felix said he used this road hundreds of times. So there, something happened to him that night that he wasn't expecting. Yeah, no, that's that's weird. And I, I don't know how it reacts in that situation. It's something that I'm sure happened so abruptly that when things turned back to normal, he probably just questioned, like, did I even, did that happen? Like, what was that? Oh, and it, it did, I did just remember he, uh, he was in the military as well. So it's not like he, and thank you for your service, by the way, Felix. If you're in the military, you're trained to be pretty aware of yourself, I would imagine, right? For the most part. Jonathan, are you aware of yourself at all times? Yeah, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I didn't retire. He said he retired. So, you know, probably more self-aware than I was, but... I think there's a a parallel pocket universe where you would eat someone, Peter? Um, I mean, yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) If I were honey, would you eat me? (laughs) Mellified Jeremy. Um, no. Mellified. I'm trying to watch really? my sugar. Man, I'm just trying to quit. <laughs> so I said I'd explain earlier, uh, when I said before Felix's story, I mentioned, uh, I don't even know how I said it. What did I say? Damn Midwesterners. Just throwing this out here for all you Midwesterners, the Midwestern people. I can't even talk. Out in Wisconsin, they like to eat something called the cannibal sandwich, where it's uh, raw ground beef. Ugh. So my mom was born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Forgot about She's that. never once eaten that. The cannibal? Not once. Wait, wow. isn't that where Dahmer was too? In Milwaukee? I don't know. I'm pretty sure. I mean, the Midwest sucks. Let's be real. <laughs> I've never been. You're not missing anything. Apparently there's a way to prepare a cannibal sandwich with raw ground beef and a raw egg. I would like to imagine cannibals at least like to cook their food. Uh, I guess it really depends on your personal style of cannibalism. Yeah, that, that'd be like the difference. I mean, that you'd either have cannibalism or cannibal shimi, <laughs> like sushi and sushimi. One's cooked and one's not. Um, Something like that. That's, that's wrong, but you know, we'll move on. <laughs> Is that wrong? <laughs> so cannibalism has actually been recorded in more than 1,500 species, including humans. Um, so there's that. I guess it's not that weird. I guess not. Um, how much of like the dried skin on the corner of your fingernails do you have to eat for it to be cannibalism? Oh, I'm a cannibal, I guess. What is that? Auto cannibalism? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, that was right? No. Yeah. you're. Wait, is it? Oh. It's it's exactly right. That's that's what it's called. I'll take auto wow. auto cannibalism for five hundred. Good job, Jonathan. So we'll come back to auto cannibalism. I have a story there. <laughs> oh. Um but in case you don't know what cannibalism is, which I would find that hard to believe, but for just the in chil- case for the children listening. For, for the children. Yeah, for the children. It's defined as an act or practice of humans eating the flesh or internal organs of other human beings. It involves consuming all or part of another individual of the same species as food. It's been practiced as far back as the Neanderthals. So the word itself is thought to originate from the 1600s 
the people of the Lesser Antilles Islands in the West Indies, which is southwest of Puerto Rico and the Atlantic, for those uh, non-geography people. It comes from the Spanish cannibales, which means savage. Cannibales. Do you think they actually witnessed a lot of cannibalism or just because they saw them as lesser beings, they assumed that they ate far more people than they actually did? I bet they ate themselves. No, well, I'm, I'm betting they probably ate. Well, I'm just thinking how many months did it take on the ships back in the day? I mean, it would take four to six months to cross the ocean. You're telling me they always had enough food? Nobody ever ate a boatload of people? I think they tried to avoid it. Yeah, imagine if you died at sea, it was probably from something nasty. True, true. That's where uh, scurvy and all come from. I don't think you want to be eating uh, gangrenous dead guys. True. You know, earlier you said 1,500 species partake in cannibalism where animals eat their young. You know, they say, you know, we have babies and, you know, people have babies and children and it's all nice and happy. And then they turn into teenagers and you realize why animals eat their young. <laughs> yeah. Well, my kid's seven and I, I figured it out. Why? <laughs> I often wonder <laughs> what he would be like with no arms. <laughs> yeah, so there's endocannibalism and exocannibalism. Endocannibalism is consuming someone from the same community, most often practiced as part of a tribe or group belief system that is a ritual as part of a grieving process. So I think it was kind of a, uh, a way to keep their family with them after they pass. Yeah, carry on one soul. Yeah, I'm sure there's tons of different beliefs why they would have done it. And then exocannibalism is somebody from the outside, which was most often practiced as a victory against a rival tribe. So if you go to war with somebody or um, somebody does something to your tribe, you might go attack whoever did it, kill them, bring it back, and everybody has a feast on them as a way of saying, you know, screw you. Yeah, so when teabagging isn't quite good enough for you, you just eat. <laughs> That's it, simple. Or eat their teabag. Yeah, yeah. Why it not? It's a whole, a whole new meaning to uh, eat me. What what shows that you're a bigger man to them than eating their manhood? Uh, I'm sure it happens. Oh, it it's it's definitely happened and that's going to be that's going to come later. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sure that did happen. You know, when they're when we're talking about these back in the day and when our, well, I'm sure it even happens now, when tribes go for this exo-cannibalism, a lot of the times you see it between the, the warring tribes and fashions and things like that. But most of the time, the, the tribe that wins will eat the strongest warrior from the other tribe because that tribe thinks that when their warriors consume their strongest warrior... It will make this, you know, your tribe stronger. Honestly, that seems like a really big sign of like respect. Like if if you're so badass that the other tribes are willing to eat you to get stronger. I mean, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, true. Do you think it was like, yeah, give me some of that bicep. My biceps are feeling kind of weak today. <laughs> perhaps. You know, give me some of that dong. I'm not big enough today. Yeah, <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> um, but don't don't chew your fingernails, kids. Yeah, it's nasty. It's not cannibalistic, but it's nasty. So between the endocannibalism and exocannibalism, that's when we're uh, we're diving into different regions of the world. Like I had said, tribes and things like that. Different places around the world that's it, it's happened, you know, in the 1600s in Europe, ingesting human parts was thought to stave off disease. And yeah, and there was a lot of disease throughout Europe. 
you know, like the plagues and stuff yeah. like that. I feel like feel like that would have caused more disease if like, you know, they didn't keep the, the body parts well or refrigerated properly and they started to go bad and then you would just eat rotten body parts if that happened. Yeah, you know? maybe that's why the plagues were so bad. Perhaps. Or the fleas and the rats. Mostly the cannibalism. It might have just been that they were starving. They just needed to eat humans because they had nothing else. It's true. I don't, I don't think 1600s Europe was star- starving. Maybe they were. They might have been. I mean, if it was plague. Mm. Yeah, I mean, if all the farmers caught the plague and died, well, that'd yeah. be rough. Yeah, because nobody else is going to know how to do it. Back in the Irish potato famine. Yeah, did Ireland uh, resort to cannibalism back then? I don't know. Not that they uh, told anybody. Yeah, I feel like you don't go around advertising it too much if you've been cannibalizing people for a while. I mean, I don't. I mean, yeah. Fiji was once known as the Cannibal Island. Yeah, everybody else advertised it for them. (laughs) The Fiji people used to practice cannibalism as a uh, tribal tradition. It was a spiritual ritual and was reportedly practiced until Christianity began. Conversions began in the 1800s. I I don't like stories like that. I feel like... Like I've said before, I bet there wasn't as much cannibalism as advertised. And this is just like a way for these superior white people to be like these savages over here eating all their own people. We need to go help them with our religious conquests. Yeah, it kind of does make you wonder how much of that was true. Yeah, because Fiji itself is a rather small island. and that. So I'm thinking if they did practice it, that would have been a form of endo-cannibalism. Yeah, perhaps. And, you know, learn about endo cannibalism and more of a ritual. I can see how maybe cannibalizing small certain body parts or organs could be a thing, but it's always portrayed in movies as like, they're about to roast this, this body over an open fire and then we're just going to eat them like animals. I'm like, that's probably not how it went down at all. So I was watching a documentary today actually about these. um, I don't remember what the tribe was actually called, but they were in, Papua New Guinea, and they were asking the people who were formerly cannibals, like how they would actually, you know, slaughter and cook the humans. And they actually were saying just like they do the pig and they were kind of demonstrating with a pig and they basically like chopped up the pig into parts and literally just threw it over the fire to roast it. Mm. It's kind of splayed open with all the guts out. Well, that sucks. Yeah. I mean, I like barbecue, but... Hmm. Well, Papua New Guinea had the... Uh, I'm, I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce it. The Kurwai? Kurwai? Kurwai tribe, I think is how it's pronounced, but I'm not, that might have been who this documentary was about. I'm, I'm not exactly sure. Gotcha. They wasn't discovered... That was a tribe that was kind of lost in, in Indonesia that, you know, it wasn't discovered until the 70s. So they were completely isolated from everybody. From the world. Yeah. And if they are the same ones from the documentary, they believe that there were witches and sorcerers and they would track down these people they thought were like magic men and they would kill them and eat them as a way to like destroy their magic or I'm not exactly sure what they thought it would do, but that was what they would do. They would go track these people down and kill them. Amelia Earhart, she landed in Papua New Guinea. When she took back off, we were worried that she crashed onto an island where cannibalism was practiced, and that's why she was never found. Wasn't that part of a story one time? Well, I know they recently think that, uh, like the latest that I've heard on her, crash landed on some island that had, I think it was coconut crabs. 
Yeah. And that the coconut crabs were actually able to just disintegrate people pretty quickly. So as far as cannibals, I'm not sure, but that that's the most recent I've heard. Yeah, I heard that about that too. There's been a lot of floated theories. So Papua New Guinea is its own country. Um, Fiji is an archipelago uh, chain of other islands. So I was thinking that it was a single island, but it's not. So I guess technically warring tribes from different islands could have fought and uh, cannibalism could have been practiced like that. So, Yeah, and speaking of islands and things like that, um, New Zealand had the Maori and history portrayed them in a negative way as man-eaters. Um, but cannibalism was never done in their culture for pleasure. You know, it was, it was always like a post-war ritual, like we were talking about before. Yeah. I feel like a lot of it's very ritualistic. Um, Yeah. I feel that way too, because I feel like there's something in us as humans that we're like, you know, it's, it's not right to do. Yeah. And you know that you're not just doing it because, oh, Hey, meat, you know, there's not a whole lot of that in cannibalism. Yeah, I, I agree. Not that I've partaken in any of that, but I can only assume that I think human nature kind of has this respect for the dead, no matter what your you know religion or anything is, you know. Right. So I, I would think sure, there's sure. A, a ritual or a respect whenever you're doing things like this. Yeah, and they also believe that eating them would instill the valor and strength of the consumed warrior into the person that ate them. I'm going to take your power. You know, like, like we were saying before, like this guy was really, really strong and fast. So I'm going to eat him so that I'm really strong and fast. Like Usain Bolt, I'm coming for your legs. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, ancient Egypt, they actually practiced cannibalism because of famine. There was a great famine of 1199 through 1202 that had a death toll of over 100,000 Egyptians. Yeah. So that, and that, that really goes more into survival cannibalism. Yeah. And I would imagine that's probably the most common reason that would probably not be reported if it was happening. Yeah. You know, I like would it, think would, so. it would be like on the download, like, hey, don't tell anybody we ate this guy. Like, we were just really hungry. <laughs> we're real hungry. Well, in the 16th century, I mean, we were, I guess, finding mummies and just grinding them up into a powder and, you know, selling them as medicine. I mean, they called it bitumen. You want to do a line of those bitumen? Similar to the uh, mellified man that we talked about a while back. Wealthy people do a lot of weird stuff with mummies for some reason. Poof. Hey. 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 Bitumen was the substance that they put it in. It was called mummia. Mummia. Oh, that's actually the thing? <laughs> yeah, no, it's actually a thing. And they, you could actually purchase it up until 1907 from a legitimate pharmacy. Like a legitimate pharmaceutical wow. company still offered it. Now, was it legit mummy? Probably not. People had kind of caught on, but it's called mummia, M-U-M-M-I-A. They would put it in this substance called bitumen and it was like this black stuff and they would grind it into powder. And same thing, just like the mellified man, it was for uh, for medicinal purposes. So are you suggesting that there was possibly knockoff bitumen? I'm not suggesting, I'm telling you outright, it's documented. They would they would get fresh bodies, mummify them at home and do the same thing and sell it. There was a dude out there that was like Escobar. I mean, you had your pure bitumen and then you had your you had your stepped on bitumen. You know, it's like a 50-50 cut. And then yeah, like, yeah. Did they did they cut it? Yeah, was it a cut thing or is it just one or the other? <laughs> I mean, it was it was it was money, money, money. 
raining from the sky is what it was because people paid an arm and a leg for this stuff because they thought it was real. But where are you going to find thousands of year old mummies in a pinch? Well, you fake one, you know? Poof. I ain't getting high no more, boys. This ain't real mummy. This is only 26% mummy. <laughs> this don't even taste like mummy no more. If, it tastes like mummy, I'm just not mummy. This right, it sounds like you can still buy mummia, and there are different brands of it. But there's apparently one called Rick O'Connell's, one called Valley of the Kings, one called Dave's Killer Powdered Mummy, and one called Cascadia Mummy Company. Poof. Rick O'Connell was his character in The Mummy. I just want to say that. I love you, Brendan Fraser. Goodbye. <laughs> Muting. Poof. Oh, we need, we now need an episode on drugs because this is making me think, uh, okay, we need more research on this. DM, isn't DMT a drug that was that's basically sourced from dead people? I don't know. I'm not sure. But listen to this description. So this was for the Cascadia Mummy Company on this article I found. With packaging that advertises powder made from 100% pure Egyptian mummy, Cascadia Mummy Co. faced criticism in 2011 when documents revealed several tons of Central American mummy had been shipped to the Tualatin processing plant. The company denied wrongdoing, blaming the mix-up on a purchasing error, and added that the wrongly acquired mummies would be distributed to local charities. When I tried Cascadia, the taste was unadulterated, like the inside of a sarcophagus, in the best way possible. 10 out of 10. 10 out Um, of 10. What is this? Is this real? Here's the thing, Peter. They were used to Central American mummy. And not Egyptian mummy. That's but apparently it still tastes like a sarcophagus. The uh, whole different high, whole different high. There's no way this has to be a fake website. Are we like eating the onion right now? Like what's happening? You got to be. As long as it's not turning people into the Miami face eater, like when he's eating the bath salts. I guess we'll be okay. Well, it depends. I mean, depends how much if you're cut with the uh, knockoff. Oh yeah, is it is it pure mummy or not pure mummy? God, I know, I can't even think, like, I'm trying to think of the damn movie where the guy runs through the the sprinklers and he's got the acid in his pocket, then it absorbs into his skin, and then he's, like, tripping balls. I don't know what you're talking about. SLC punk. SLC punks. (laughs) I've never seen that. That's all I can think of is they're out there hitting some mummy in in the back of the hoopty. I mean, like this is still going on. I mean, and it's all across Africa. And I'm assuming because Africa is made up of so many countries, so many different tribes, everybody's so far apart. I mean, in Liberia, during the first and second civil wars that they had back as recent as 1989 and through 1997, and then the second civil war in 1999 to 2003, there were cases of soldiers, including child soldiers, that they would, you know, force into these armies, uh, killing and eating the hearts of their victims. In 2008, the president of Liberia was tried and convicted of war crimes due to cannibalism. Uh, yeah, he ordered the militias to perform it on the captured enemies and UN soldiers. That's messed up. Yeah. So, I mean, they were desensitizing these children by saying, look, if you can eat this. Yeah. You know, what else can you do? What a weird war crime to commit. Like, I'm going to make these kids eat these soldiers they killed. Sure, that's not going to have any lasting trauma. I mean, they don't care about that. That's true. They were more worried about not having to feed them because they were able to eat the bodies they were killing. 
that, that could have been part of it. I, I don't know what Liberia, you know, whatever states, I don't know. What is the term? Is there a term for food state? I don't think food state is the right word here, but what's a food state? I don't know. I think like a fugue state. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, well, it, it moves across Africa. Cause I mean, we, if you move over to the Congo, just another part of Africa, they got the first and second Congolese civil wars. Yeah. 1996 to 2003. I mean, we're in the 20th, 21st or the 20th century here, the 21st century. I mean, you got soldiers mutilating people and eating body parts. Yeah, they use it as a way to intimidate and indoctrinate the fighters. You know, cross this boundary, cross other boundaries. That's true. And especially in wars like that, intimidation and psychological warfare is such a big thing that like, if you think you're fighting against somebody who is most certainly going to eat you after you die, you're going to be too scared to really properly be into the fight. You'd rather just flee or something like that. So it may not even been that soldiers were all the time eating people, but all it took was a couple of stories of this happening, you know, to grow larger and larger. And next thing you know, it's like, you know, I'm not going to fight over there. They eat, they'll eat you. Yeah. It's been out there. It's happened all across uh, Africa. And, you know, I've watched some stories about it being in South America, deep inside the Amazon rainforest. Uh, and I feel like maybe that's the difference in, in some of that Indo and Exo. Like when you're at war, it's always going to be, um, you're eating somebody for, you know, the shock factor and then the other one's the respect factor. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if they, they would ever, I wonder if anybody would ever eat their best warrior if he got killed. Oh, that's, that's a good point. I feel like I heard that on the documentary about the ones in South America. That they would do that? Uh, yeah, that they would do that. They would, they would eat their strongest warriors if they died. They would, um, you know, if a medicine man died, they would eat the medicine man. The next medicine man would eat the medicine man to, you know, gain his power, things like that. Yeah, I mean, besides like those kind of things, there's actually a lot of uh, incidents of cannibalism throughout history. Like, for example, the Jamestown colony in the U.S., um, because of famine, there was uh, incidents of cannibalism. And there was a French ship called the Medusa. I guess that's how you say it, after a shipwreck to prevent starvation in 1816. Apparently in World War II, I was reading that soldiers and POWs try to stave off starvation by uh, eating people. Now, that was actually a big thing. That could be a story all of its own. There was a bunch of documents that were released that showed different things that the Japanese did during the war to POWs where, you know, there were instances that came I cannot think of the name of those documents at the time, but um, it, it went down as a big war crime. Yeah, I feel like that's a pretty important thing when like designated war crimes, like, yeah, you cannot eat each other. Let's, yeah. <laughs> let's be civilized here. Yeah, and oddly enough, in, um, in India, there's a group called the Agoras. And I was actually watching a YouTube documentary that somebody made following some of the people in that group. And they believe that everything is sacred they would take the ashes from the bodies that they burn. You know how they, they do that in India? They burn the bodies at along the, the the Ganga River, I believe it's called. Maybe. I don't know this. Yeah, the Ganga. They they 
it's like a real popular place that they would, you know, take people who've passed on, take their bodies to go put them to rest there. They would have these things called GATs, G-H-A-T, and that's where they burn the bodies in the fire, like kind of a, uh, I guess you'd call it like a body pyre type of thing. But they've supposedly been keeping the same flame going for 3,500 years. Wow. Yeah. Of people? Of people. <laughs> I, I feel like there's a secret like gas line running to it that's just kind of <laughs> keeping it going. Well, I'm sure they keep it going with like wood and stuff like that. But the the guy in the documentary I was watching was talking about how they had only been on the street riding on like a, I guess like a, whatever the public transportation is there. I don't think it's a bus, but it's something like that. But anyway, they had only been on the street for a little while and it had counted like 12 different bodies that walked past them because they were bringing them to go be burned. Mm. But anyway... So they have these these uh, these bodies that get burnt and this group called the Agoras who thinks everything is sacred and they believe in um, eating the human flesh to prevent aging and things like that. And they would go to the ash piles and collect ash. And I'm not sure if it's like allowed. I don't know if they're allowed to do this or if they do like trespass and just do it. But they they'll go get ash and rub the rub it all over themselves, and they'll have like an ashy white appearance. It's kind of creepy looking. Yeah, I can imagine these these guys that did the documentary went on like a kind of excursion where they went look for a body, and luckily for them, they didn't come across a body that they were able to do anything with. So <laughs> there was no uh, cannibalism that they witnessed. But it was it was a pretty cool documentary. It was interesting, kind of chilling. Yeah. So man, something like that, I would imagine the bones would never really burn because I don't think a pyre would get hot enough to fully burn and turn a body to ash, right? Because doesn't it require some crazy amount of heat? I'm pretty sure. But as far as like a pyre, I'm really not sure. I don't know if maybe they collect remains after they're burnt. Yeah, I don't know. But I know like some of it gets put into the gongo, you know, because that's what they were looking for in the documentary. They were in like a rowboat and looking for like floating bodies. Hmm. You would think that like, especially along waterways and things like that. You'd want to keep it clean? Well, yeah, you would think eventually that it would, like if all these people, especially over that many years, are being burned there, you would think there would be a higher rate of disease and and just things like that in the area. I'm pretty sure it's like a really polluted river. Like I don't think it's considered clean. But then again, I remember him saying in the documentary that there were like a family playing in the water downstream from the, the burn piles. Oh, they believe it's sacred. They believe that if you bathe in it, it's like a sacred river. Everybody? They drink. Oh, yes. Oh. But you got to think if you grow up drinking from that and bathing in it, you're going to develop resistance to whatever's in there. That's true. Well, that's true. As opposed to like somebody like you or me who... We have filtered, treated water. We go over there and we get the shits and die. <laughs> None of them is revenge. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I definitely sorry. don't want to drink the water from the Ganga. Yeah. I, re- I watched the documentary today too. And that's what they said. They said it's a sacred river. So they bathe in it all the time. They play in it. It's like a, it's like a, a blessing to be in the river. There are people that actually live in that area because they want to be burned and put in the river when they die. That's crazy. That just blows my mind how you're so, you can be so desensitized to certain things 
Well, think about us peeling crawfish, how normal that is to us. And then think about somebody who's never seen that sitting at a table, watching somebody disassemble animals and put them in their <laughs> mouths and suck on their heads. One after the other. It's all it's all relative. It's all relative to what you were yeah. taught and what you grew up with. Same as same as children in cults. It's not weird to them because they don't know anything else. Poof. Yeah. Or like or like the the cultures that wash their dead. You know, that's weird to us, but it's not yeah. weird to them. I was kind of leading into that. That's what it, it just blows my mind how you can be so desensitized to it by, by your surroundings. Like you grew up doing it. So it's just not weird to you. It's just normal. It's, and right. it just, it blows my mind to think that, but yeah, I mean, normal is only like shed relative to your environment. Yeah. So. But yeah, I don't think that there's really nobody can say, Oh, we've never eaten somebody. I mean, I can, I, I've never eaten any. Well, I don't, no, I don't mean like us. I don't mean... I, no, I know, I know. Not yet. <laughs> I don't mean us or like, you know, me or you. I mean like parts of the world. Because I mean, if we keep looking, I mean, we've got stories from Eastern Europe and Russia during the famines uh, out there in the Soviet Union where parents were eating their children. Uh, and there were thousands of incidents there reported. I mean, then in North Korea, you had the famine in the 90s where people resorted to cannibalism. I mean... Yeah, so the fun fact about cannibalism during a famine is that like, if you're so starved that you no longer have fat on your body, then you're not any good being eaten because your body can't really, I think, like absorb all the proper nutrients and stuff without fat to... In, in the meat. So like you can starve by eating constant, very lean meat. Wow. I didn't know that. I didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah. So it's like, it's like rabbit or elk or something too. Like if you only have like that to eat with no fat to actually help process it, you'll starve. Hmm. Well, that's an interesting concept. I didn't know that. Yep. Yeah. Going into survival cannibalism. Um, one most people have probably heard of is the Donner Party. That was a, a group of families that were traveling on the Oregon Trail in the 1846 to 47. Sorry, I got a sneeze. <laughs> Beautiful sneeze. Sorry, I missed the mute button. <laughs> I think you sneezed on it, actually. <laughs> I hear you laughing, Brandy. <laughs> His sneezes are terrible. <laughs> but yeah, so the Donner Party was migrating from Illinois to California. But when they reached the Sierra Nevada mountain range, they became trapped by early uh, heavy snowfall. Just kind of caught them off guard. I didn't catch them off guard. So it didn't. Well, I mean, it did, but like they made bad chases. Choices were made before that. Yeah. Like they left from their original whatever. When you leave the place, they left too late. <laughs> they took like a some sketchy like route that was like a theoretical like maybe a shortcut. I don't know. And that took That's like a month longer than they expected. Yeah, it was a yeah. it was an untested shortcut that technically. Took them, it wasn't shorter. Yeah, it took them through the desert, which actually made the trip harder. It took them uh, just south of Salt Lake, what's now known, you know, Utah, Salt Lake City. Uh, it took them just under the lake there. And that was even, that was just as harsh conditions. But it was some early onset snow. Um, yeah. But yeah, like Jeremy said, there was a lot of prior bad decisions made. But like a lot of bad decisions and a lot of bad luck <laughs> led to that whole deal. The whole group was made up of people that, None of them were like really built for doing this. They were all they were all families commuting. 
Yeah, the majority were like under 18, if I remember right. Maybe I'm thinking of a different... Yeah, mostly kids. I think one guy was a furniture maker. I mean, just not these big, rugged, outdoorsy people. And it probably wasn't the the trip that they were sold when they were like, hey, let's go here. Yeah, no, it did did not go as expected, obviously. But when the cattle and the horses died off, they boiled uh, the ox hide and the bones of the animals to try and make soup. I mean, I think at some point they're eating like leather shoelaces and, you know, any possible thing. Yeah, they were stranded there for like four months and people were just kind of dying off along the way. And I believe only one family, uh, the Reeds, did not eat human flesh and everyone else did. And yeah. So 48 of the 87 people that went on the trip survived. And I was, if anybody wants to watch, actually watch a show about it, the Josh Gates episode, uh, Expedition Unknown. Yeah, I watched that today. On there, they did a, like these extreme athletes, they, they did the entire walk. The only reason these people were, were able to get out of the mountains was because somebody from the original party uh, a group, a small group of people left to try and find rescue. So this group of people, they they leave to try and find rescue and they're walking towards California and they get pinned down for a while. And that's, you know, you got the death camp that happens then where, you know, more people are eaten. But then they walk out of the mountains and the people down at the this little, you know, house and town, I guess it was a town, uh, you know, gather together to go try to save the people. And that's how the, the people ended up getting saved. But they had to make multiple trips back in and out of the mountains when they showed up. Sounds miserable. Yeah. When, I mean, when they showed up the first time, they didn't realize how many people were up there, I guess. But when they showed up, they wasn't able to take everybody. So we can't save all these people. Yeah. So they, they took some of them. And, what is this? Titanic? <laughs> Which kid are we going to eat this time? All right. Let's cross draws. I mean, do you, do you just start rubbing shit all over yourself, hoping nobody's going to want to eat you? There was the people, the rescuers said that when they first got up there to the mountain, a woman stood up and said, are you angels from heaven or are you people, uh, are you here to rescue us, basically? Yeah, they were delirious. They uh, they weren't sure if that was somebody rescuing them or if they died and went to heaven. Yeah, that's crazy. And then you got this one hard ass dude, rescuer, that he literally would pick up three children at a time, walk about a hundred yards, put them all down, go back, get three more, bring them, put them down, go back. He made, I don't remember how many trips they said this guy made, but this hard ass is carrying all these kids down the mountain on his own. He's like, yeah, nobody's staying behind. That's awesome. I want to say, I was watching one, one thing on this. And if I'm not mistaken, you know, of course they made conscious decisions on, who they were going to cannibalize or they draw straws or I don't remember, but I'm wanting to say like women who had children were spared. Like, you know, you're a mother of a child, so we'll let you. So were they killing people to cannibalize them? I don't know if it got to that. I'm sure it started with when someone died, they would, they would do it. But yeah, I feel like one body would last a really long time. Especially in the cold, because I mean, the cold is going to preserve it for you. Right. But the, because um, I mean, even if 87 people ate one pound of meat in a day, you know, <laughs> I mean, that seems like it would go pretty far. You know, nobody's eating a pound of meat in a day. Yeah. And I mean, it going back to uh, the bad decisions that were made, um, 
the this this whole ordeal is known as the Donner Party, or you know we know it as the Donner incident because the Donner family was put in charge whenever they made that decision of do we take this path or do we take the shortcut, and basically at that time the Donner family was the one that was put in charge and you know took the lead and said hey we're going to take the shortcut. Somebody got fired. Somebody got eaten. Um, also heard that for a short period of time, um, what was it? Abraham Lincoln considered going on this migration, but ultimately decided not to. Really? Like before yeah. president? Yeah. A younger. Or, well, that was a dumb question, I guess. Yes. It was before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Abe. But I feel like that was a good decision on his part to ultimately not join them. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Um, Talking about decision-making, let's get into some of the uh, murderous cannibals. Uh, For example, Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh. He was active between 1978 and 1991. And I mean, I feel like most people have probably heard of Jeffrey Dahmer at this point. I've heard of him, but I haven't actually watched the movie. Yeah, I never met the guy. You never (laughs) met him? No. No, there was actually, I mean, depending on who you ask, I guess it was a really good show. There's a really good show on Netflix recently called... Uh, is it called Dahmer? I yeah. think it was just called Dahmer, yeah. yeah I think it's called Dahmer. It was really good, but really screwed up. Like, it was messed up. So if you don't know who Jeffrey Dahmer is, he would capture, assault, and mutilate young gay men. He would, like, lure them in from the bar. You know, back then, in the 70s and 80s, they, uh, they weren't really cool with that kind of stuff. So it was kind of on the down low, so you didn't really tell anybody where you were going. And he would lure these gay men. He would like, you know, seduce them. And eventually he didn't want them to leave. So he would, you know, kill them. And that way he could keep them with him. Come to find out later on, he would eat them as a way of keeping them around. And he would like, you know, dismember them. And I think there were like a few heads that they found stored in some kind of like liquid or something. Yeah, I feel like... He would have been the situation with serial killers where, you know, they hang on to these trinkets or relics to relive, you know, the crimes they committed. Only this time he would probably relive it mentally through just eating, you know, the parts that he took from the bodies, I would assume. Yeah. And depending, I'm not sure how accurate the Netflix show is as far as how they portrayed it, but they kind of made it, or at least I took it as he wasn't doing it necessarily for that reason. It was more so so that they couldn't go anywhere. You know, like somebody would be weirded out by him because he was kind of a strange dude and they would want to leave. And that's when he would be like, oh, no, 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 you can't leave. I, I need you to stay. Nobody ever stays. And he would do that as a form of keeping them around. Um, just because I'm not sure, like the character Hannibal Lecter, was that pulled from any of Dahmer's crimes or was that pulled from a completely different serial killer? Honestly, I'm not sure. I haven't seen any of the Hannibal movies since I was a kid. Yeah, me neither. I just know generalized things about it. And then there was another guy who did basically the same kind of thing, Albert Fish, in uh, the early 1910 to 1934 decades. But he mostly ate young boys, but he basically did the same kind of stuff, you know, killing them, assaulting them, capturing them. Not in that order. I mean, it's just crazy to think. I mean, 
I've never heard of the Albert Fish stories, but I was looking at others. I mean, you've got a huge list of these people that are just eating people. Like that that just blows my mind. Like 2018, um, 2019, 2000, another 2019. Like there was a, like this one right here. Where did it go? Oh, a Russian serial killer. Ed, 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 Ed Udard. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that one. Savinas. I don't know how to pronounce this. He was arrested in 2018, found to have killed three people before liquefying their bodies and consuming them. So, like, is old boy just making vegetable soup with fingers and toes? Like, sounds like it. He ain't using potatoes. He's just using big toes and. Ugh. <laughs> you think he takes the nails off? He probably flosses with them. <laughs> yeah, and then there's a guy. I actually watched a documentary about this guy today too. Um, Armin uh, Mivas, kind of like like King Midas, but with a V kind of sound. Um, Arm Armin Mivas. He, I remember hearing the story, but I came across it today and watched the documentary and kind of learned a little more about it. Um, so he was from Germany, and he put out there on. I guess like the dark web or did they have the dark web back then? Maybe they, I don't know, but he put it out there. He found some websites talking about cannibalism and he saw that there were people that were out there like, Hey, um, I want you to eat me, you know, volunteering themselves. But he said any, any of them that he followed up with would always chicken out at the end, you know, like normal people probably would, uh, <laughs> relatively chickening out, I guess. Yeah, so he eventually came across a guy named Bern, Berned Brandis. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce it, but we'll just call That's him a Brandis. Terrible name, by the way. <laughs> yeah, especially for somebody who gets eaten. Um, burnt, you know. But anyway, he comes across this guy, and this guy is into the idea of being mutilated. Like, he's, I guess, is that a... Uh, Masochist. That's the right word. Yeah, masochist. So he was into being hurt and being you know, mutilated and things like that. So he was putting out there like, I want you to eat me. I want you to eat and kill me. So he put it out there and the, this Mivas guy came across it. They got together and he did just that. The guy volunteered and they started off with um, the guy's penis. Of course. he Yeah, he chopped it off. He said he described him screaming for like around 20 to 30 seconds and then was like, okay, it's not too bad. And he was actually disappointed, believe it or not, because there wasn't enough pain. He thought that he thought it would have been worse. So he was actually disappointed. Meanwhile, he's bleeding to death. This Mivas guy is trying to hurry up and uh, cook it so that. He can't. This is where I was getting into the auto cannibalism. He requested to um, eat his own wiener. Yeah, yeah. You gotta get a pants here that wiener real quick, like yeah. a roller bite from the gas station. Literally, what he did. He <laughs> used, no, I'm serious. He in the interview, he pan seared it with salt, pepper, and garlic, yeah. and they were. They called it inedible because the tissue was so fresh that it shriveled too much and it was unedible and they were both gravely disappointed. Well, it sounds like he overcooked it. Yeah, he needs a hot dog roller like at the gas station. <laughs> yeah, the little tornadoes or whatever they, they serve up. Yeah, yeah. so they basically, um, 
we'll we'll probably do a whole episode on this this guy at some point. What wiener cooking? <laughs> no, not wiener cooking, but <laughs> about this guy in particular. But yeah, he ended up cutting the guy up after he died. He, I think he sliced his throat, which is what finished him off. And he chopped him up, put him in the freezer and proceeded to eat him. And then he probably would have gotten away with it, except that uh, he eventually got like too greedy with it and was already trying to line up the next guy to do it. And um, that's what ends up getting him caught because he ends up coming across this guy who is like, Hey, so uh, how do I know you're actually going to go through with it? And he's like, well, let me just say you wouldn't be my first one. And then he reported him to the cops. <laughs> and that's how he got caught. So he was arrested in uh, 2002. Like how to catch a predator, but how to catch a cannibal. Exactly. 2002. So like, were they on like AOL.com? Like probably. I'm sure they were in some kind of AOL chat room. You've got mail. Oh, it's a dude with his dick cut off. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, it's not crazy. I mean, look. No, it's crazy. This story. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. This <laughs> this story comes from 2022. Uh, a couple, Bahag, I'll never pronounce this, Bahaglev, Singla, and Laili, accompanied by Muhammad, Muhammad Shaif. It was a story out of uh, Kerala, India. They were, that's where they were arrested. K E R. ALA, India. They were performing human sacrifices, and during the investigation, it was revealed that they killed two women and later cooked and ate the bodies of the victims, hoping uh, for health and prosperity. Jeez. Always health and prosperity, man. What about these people's health and prosperity? <laughs> well, they're sacrificing it for your own. But that's 2022. I mean, we're literally at this point talking about less than a year ago. Yeah. That these people were arrested. So it doesn't matter what part of the world you've come from. It doesn't matter like the time period. There has been people eating people's wieners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you think they, they eat the eyeball or you think they have enough with the meat before they well, get caught? Last I heard a wiener doesn't have an eyeball, Peter. No, I'm talking about like in general, the <laughs> eyeballs. I mean, it's got the one eye. No, a coworker I was talking, we were talking about, cause she, she's from Vietnam and she eats a lot of weird shit. No, she used to. She doesn't so much anymore. But there was, I don't know if it was a cow eyeball or a pig eyeball, but she said they are delicious. I highly doubt that. <laughs> that they're delicious? Delicious. So I guess I, I just uh, told myself the answer here. In that documentary I was talking about with the uh, New Guinea people, they actually took the guy that was doing the documentary they killed one of their prized pigs as like a sacrifice to show this guy respect and cooked it. And while they were butchering him, they threw the pig over the fire, cooked it and all that. And while they were feasting on it, they wanted to give him um, one of the, I guess, you know, there's only two of them, one of the, the more prized parts of the pig and gave him an eyeball to eat. And he said, every time he took a, like every time he would chew, it would squirt just some kind of weird hot liquid. Doesn't that I, sound delicious? I would vomit. I would just vomit. Yeah, I don't. I I feel like they'd probably end up killing and eating me because I would disrespect them by not eating that. And then they'd eat your eyeballs. I'd be like, "Wow, this is delicious." I uh, know he was right. It's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy how remote some of those tribes are. I mean, there's that. There's one tribe that I 
I can't remember where it's at. It, it's on one of those islands. It might be a tribe we've talked about. I'm not sure. I don't think it is. But where the tribe is so remote, so just off put from people that they will literally kill anybody that sets foot on the island. Well, yeah. I mean, in those kind of situations, you don't anybody that shows up that you don't know is probably an enemy. True. Also, whether or not they realize it, some unknown person can easily bring disease and cripple their entire tribe. So true. 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 That's actually a good point. But I mean, we were learning about cannibalism even back when we were kids. I mean, it was in our all of our little stories we told. I mean, Hansel and Gretel, that was based on cannibalism during uh, uh during the Great Famine of thirteen fourteen to thirteen twenty two. I mean Yeah, they, got it, they actually would um it it comes from like actual occurrences because these people were starving so much that they were eating their children. So it's not out of the realm of possibility for a quote unquote witch to try and trap some kids to eat because she's starving. Yeah. I mean, they went as far as digging up dead bodies to eat the flesh. Yeah. I feel like that's a bad idea. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, I don't know that if, the meat's still good. If, some ground meat in my fridge is past the date one day. I'm probably going to throw it away. And uh, these people were probably buried for days. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing that, but I'm also not in a starving situation. Yeah. Um, so speaking of literature, did you know that Moby Dick is based on a real life situation of cannibalism? Really? Moby Dick was cannibalism. The, the real, the real, the the real story or real series of events that Moby Dick was based off of. Well, damn. In what way? Yeah. Who ate who? Um, it was a uh, whalers out of some whatever crappy island off of the north, you know, northeast coast, and they uh, it was the ship the Essex. So you can look up the Essex. That sounds like it has a bad word in it. It it does. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. And it was like, I don't know, this guy is a 28 year old captain. He had worked on this ship prior for a few years. He kind of round up some of his buddies who are also sailors and they, you know, got their crew of, I forgot how many people, whatever it takes to man a whaling vessel. And uh, so basically their goal was to go on this two and a half year trek down and around South America and up to find like some really awesome whale hunting grounds. And like, I don't think they got a, actually killed a whale until they reached like toward the southern tip of South America and they'd stop in various spots to get supplies and whatnot. Um, well, eventually, you know, right when they got past the Galapagos Island, oh, <laughs> side, side note here, when they passed the Galapagos Islands, they stopped and decided to pick up those like a hundred something tortoises uh, to put on their ship so that they can eat, um, but they kept them alive. So while they were out whaling across the ocean, there was just hundreds of freaking tortoises just skittering across the boat and, deck. And that's the origins of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I don't know. Um, it, it did help to, you know, kill off the species of endangered turtles. But anyway, they get to a point to where they uh, there's like three of the small whaling boats. So it's, imagine like on the Titanic, you know, the escape pod boats. There's like a few smaller boats on a whaling ship, and that's what they go out and hunt the whales with. Um, well, apparently... Oh, is that why they were always in a small boat? Yeah, yeah. I never thought about that before. They, yeah, they don't whale out of the big ship. The big ship carries the smaller boats. That makes so, what they so do much is, sense. Yeah, they spot a whale, they all hop in the boat, and they haul ass to the whale. And, you know, they'll 
they'll get as close as they can when, with one of the uh, spears or whatever that has a rope to it. A harpoon? A harp, yeah, the harpoon. Uh, stab the whale with the rope, and then that'll, you know, drag the boat behind it. Oh, the islet is Nantucket. Anyway, back to the story. Uh, <laughs> well, because no, they call it a Nantucket sleigh ride is whenever our sled ride or something, when the whale is pulling your small vessel <laughs> across the water. Um, so then eventually, you know, you gang up on it and you keep stabbing it in the lungs and kill the whale. Then you go process it for a few days, removing a very large amount of like oil from the sperm whale's head, apparently. Um, well, anyway. Yeah, they, they, had, they, they, I believe they used it for um, oil lamps and things like that. Yeah, pretty much everything, honestly. So then they get to one point where they're out, whatever it is, west of um, Galapagos Islands. And one of their whaling boats had been damaged. So they're, you know, doing repairs on it. And so three other boats are out on the hunting grounds. And apparently one very large whale heard the sounds of the, uh, the noises of them repairing the boat echoing through the water. So it either confused it as another large whale aggressively making sounds at it or what, but it eventually attacked the ship until it capsized and sank it. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then so the three people, the three boats out there hunting, they realize like, holy cow, like we have no idea where our ship is. <laughs> so they go back, find it capsized. They gather as much food and water as they can, and they're like, man, we're in the middle of the ocean, thousands of miles from everywhere. So they also gathered, you know, um, navigating tools and stuff like that. And their goal is to go back to South America. Well, the wind kept bringing them in the wrong direction, so they were out at sea for a very long time. And like so, last. yeah, so eventually um, they found an island and they ate every possible bird, egg and turtle they can find and then moved on. And I think three people stayed on that island. They're like, no, we're done with you Nantucket people. Um, we're going to stay here. Yeah, they weren't even hungry. They were just eating everything they found. <laughs> Seemingly just killing off endangered species along the way. <laughs> so um, as you can expect, when you're out with very limited food, on the ocean for a while people start dying off so like the first few people that died they just gave them a sea burial where they just threw them into the water and let them go and they finally got to the point to like we got to do something so they started eating the dead bodies whenever they would die wow and of course you know going for longer and longer with no one to help like they're like man we need food so it got to the point where they would start drawing straws and like look we'll draw straws to see who gets eaten and we'll draw a straw to see who kills this person and it kind of devolved into that so eventually two of the three whaling smaller boats were found by other ships in the areas after I forgot how long they were at sea but it was a long time and I believe in the end it was like eight survivors out of the entire ship of, of people oh man that's nuts so yeah I didn't so realize it was, it was based on a real story much less that good of a story yeah so that that's what Moby Dick's actually based on Interesting. I've never read Moby Dick, but I don't think there's cannibalism in the story. There should be. There should be. There needs to be more cannibalism. It'd make it a lot more interesting. And then they can get mad cow disease. Yeah. Make America cannibals again. Yeah, I'm about it. We're honestly, we're overpopulated. We got to do something. I think eating people is the right step. I, I don't know if I'm going to agree with that, but... <laughs> I do know that cannibals are going to make me think twice about telling the twins the story of Snow White because uh, Snow White was all about the uh, the wicked stepmother 
that wanted to eat Snow White's heart and liver to uh, to be able to become more beautiful. Oh, did that's we, true. That that was a thing, huh? Did we mention that on our Fairy Tales episode? Who knows? That was such a mess. That was a yeah. It was it was a bit of a thing. <laughs> yeah, turns out we don't know our fairy tales. I don't know nothing about fairy tales. We should have had a professional. That was my fault. I I assumed that everybody knows fairy tales. Like I know fairy tales, but y'all are like boys. So it it makes sense that y'all didn't know the fairy tales. I feel I, I, I'll take that that L that that'll be on me. But it was a good episode. It's just it was a you know, you guys didn't know the, the whole backstories. I just I just took for granted that you guys knew. Oh, no, you're good. Yeah, it's a great episode as long as you didn't listen to it. You know? No, it was. Um, it was good. <laughs> well, I'm glad you said this thing about boys. So years ago, when Brittany was first pregnant with Levi, she had a coworker over at Pier One Imports back when that was a thing. Oh yeah, I forgot about that place. And uh yeah, so Brittany <laughs> Brittany was uh, thinking of buy a bookshelf, you know, because she likes books. I I like the idea of books. I hate reading, but I like collecting books because Hey, I'm like that too. They're cool. Um, I honestly hate reading. It's miserable. But anyway, her coworker, bless her heart, asked Brittany, what are you going to do if he's a boy? She's like, what are you talking about? She's like, well, boys can't read. What? (laughs) What? Like, that's your take? What? (laughs) She was dead serious. (laughs) What? What I mean, I do like the pictures what? better. So I guess since we're boys, uh, we never read about Greek mythology and how um, Cronus, the father of Zeus, was said to have eaten five of his children when they were born because of a prophecy that one of them would overthrow him. I don't know why he had to eat him. He could have just killed him. <laughs> but, you know. Um, Dominance. <laughs> apparently, Zeus survived because his mother hit him uh, on the Isle of Crete. And he, well, you know, everybody knows who Zeus is. So, <laughs> obviously, that didn't work. So, Zeus survived and uh, took over for Cronus. Yeah. Isn't it crazy how it's always that w- there's the prophecy that says the one child. Yeah. Will be the, will be the one. And the one child is the survivor. Well, that's because the prophecy is correct. Yeah, can't escape your fate. Nope. True, true. Moses was the one child in the Bible that uh, survived and was found, wasn't he found in a basket along the Nile? And um, he was, you know, he led the Jews back to the promised land. Yeah. God, wasn't that, hold on. I don't want to, I don't want to say the wrong thing. Yeah, was that Prince of Egypt? Mm-hmm. Moses? That was a great movie. That was so good. I haven't seen that. I have, it, dude. You want to talk like one of the best soundtracks, man? That thing's a straight yeah. banger. So I'm just gonna go ahead and say this: Prince of Egypt. Yeah, I had never seen it, and Brandy was like, "You've never seen this," and she she made me watch it. And yeah, don't regret. Yeah. I have that. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan, Jonathan, watch it with your kids, man. It's top it's seriously notch. good. It's a cartoon. Yeah. Hannah said it's a cartoon. Yeah, it's an animated yeah. cartoon from 1998. Dude, watch it. It is, you will not oh. regret it. Yep, Moses yeah. and his brother, Ramesses, voiced by Val Kilmer and Voldemort. Hell yes. Oh, was it Voldemort <laughs> too? I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Ray Fiennes. Ray Fiennes yeah. is the voice of Ramesses. 
and um, Jeff Goldblum and uh, Sandra Bullock are the brother and sister. Well, now it's definitely a classic. I mean, Jeff Goldblum. I mean, you know, Jeff Goldblum. Okay, sorry, muting. Poof. Are there any Moseses in this Moses movie? Yeah, Val Kilmer, who apparently looks really old now. Oh, yeah. Val Kilmer, uh, he had some shit going. He had uh, throat cancer. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, but he did make a cameo in uh, the last Top Gun movie. Yeah, I didn't watch it. It was like his first time coming back. It was good. I liked it. Actually, I heard good things about it. But I don't like Tom Cruise. Yeah, who does? <laughs> He's one of those people that uh, I enjoy his movies, but I feel like I, he would be insufferable to be around. Well, he's a Scientologist, so I guarantee you he has eaten people. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Scientologist. But yeah, so anyway, back to cannibalism. Um, so let's talk about some of the consequences of cannibalism. Um, Critzfield Jacob syndrome, better known as mad cow disease, is... Um, poof. Um, sorry, that's my fault. That's my fault. <laughs> I'm sorry. The human no. version of Mad Cow So that's the human version. Okay, that's Mad what I Cow thought disease. it was saying. So I wasn't sure. I'm sorry, guys. Skip down to um, the BSE, bovine spongiform encephalopathy. That's Mad Cow disease. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Let's skip down to bovine spongiform. <laughs> is it called spongiform you- because like the brain is a spongy material? Yeah. Yes. I'm a genius. See, I'm basically a doctor. You spit that word out faster than my brain could even comprehend the letters that were sitting in front it's, of me. It's not big words. It's bovine spongiform encephalopathy. Yeah. Encephalopathy is okay. a really common syndrome that I deal with in my job. So I, I know that word. That, me, that's uh, all it is. It's just like words that you know for planes that I would be like, what the fuck? Like that's, yeah, <laughs> it's very that. It's it's like how uh, they break down words. It basically encepha is brain and pathy is making maps out of, you know, so it's making maps out of brains. You're so stupid. <laughs> yeah, brain mapping. Um speaking of brains, we started watching The Good Doctor. Have you seen that? You know, is that I, when the that one first came the... out, we saw like the first two or three episodes. It was really good. I need to go back and watch it. Apparently it dies off after season four, but the first yeah. three seasons are supposed to be really good. I don't know. That's the one where the doctor's autistic? Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, it's pretty good so Our far. Show. Yeah, it was just a little weird. It was just a little weird when he when you realize that he's got his mom in his uh in the freezer or whatever. Wait, what? It, it's huh? a Bates Motel. Yeah. It's the same guy. That oh, because it's yeah. the same guy. He, he, he plays a very good awkward person. Yeah, he, he does. He, I don't know if he's actually awkward and that's uh, just probably. what he does. but Not even acting. <laughs> he's like the newer version of, uh, what's, what's that long neck guy in uh, Superbad? Michael, no. Michael something. Sa- Michael Sarah. He wasn't in Michael Superbad. Sarah. Was he in Superbad? Yeah. He was, yeah. He yeah, was him yeah. in... Um, was he also in Arrested Development? Was that him too or is that yeah. a different actor? Yeah, yeah. Awkward as hell. I think we basically messed up the whole mad cow disease thing and then went into that... <laughs> Uh, well, look, uh, you know where to cut it now. We could just yeah, start we can the whole just start over. it. Start with the the BSE. Just say it once. Breaking shit Bo- injuring. Exactly, and that it's mad cow disease. And basically, what happens is the mad cow disease comes from these prions. Yeah, I'll just let no, you no, just, uh, do this whole thing. No, 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 no. Oh yeah, yep, you're already doing it. So, 
all this talk about the different cannibalisms, you know, like we said, the consequences, they we're going to talk about hold on. Jonathan, what's it called? Don't eat people. Yeah. <laughs> huh? I was about to say, so y'all are giving me all the hard words now. <laughs> so the Kuruchafel Jacob syndrome, uh, which is basically mad cow disease in humans. You know, it's an extremely rare thing, but it affects your nervous system. There's a protein in the body called a prion, which if I'm if I'm not mistaken, it's it normally exists, but something with this disease that you get from cannibalism, it makes the prion abnormally shaped, and it causes brain lesions and all kind of other symptoms like. Uh, progressive, rapid dementia, loss of muscle control, paralysis, and then eventually kills you. So, oh, so is that basically what happens? Because like, you know, they call it like mad cow disease. You think they go crazy. So I guess it makes sense that like, if things start becoming misshapen and destroying tissue inside of your brain, then that will have effects. Oh yeah, definitely. On, on your mental, you know, whatever abilities and functions. Yeah, they're not exactly sure. You know, they're not, they're not, they don't fully understand the transmission of it but they think you get it from eating contaminated meat or the, this mad cow disease that I'm talking about right now. Um, but you get it from eating the cows that were actually fed other cows and it, it causes that syndrome in them. So if we eat a mad cow and then a human eats us, then they can get a messed up head. Yes. There That's you go. what they, it's simple. they don't understand why, but if, if you eat contaminated meat, so we eat the mad cow disease meat, we get, Human version of Mad Cow, which is Crutzfield Jacob. Poof. Hmm. Okay. Uh, so but then you can also get it from eating humans yourself, right? Poof. Um, that I don't know. I don't think they've been able to research that because, hello, that's not like a like a common thing. There's other ways to get it. Yeah, but, but that's. I'm sure you could say something. But that's how cannibalism directly can affect a human you know, medically, that's a, yeah. that's like an actual syndrome. There's other ways to get Crutzfeld Jacob, but this is how you get it from uh, mad cow disease. Okay. See, I never understood that. Cause I was always been told that, you know, you can, you can get it from eating people or whatever, but I didn't realize that like, that wasn't the only way you can get this. Right. And it's the rarest way to get it. It's called variant Crutzfeld Jacob syndrome. And it's obviously because, you know, there's not a whole lot of cannibalism going on. And now that they know about mad cow disease, they don't routinely feed cows to other cows anymore. Anymore. Um, anymore. They used to, they used yeah. to. And that's what happened. It, it warped the little prions in their brains cause brain lesions and then they're infected with this. And then we're, we're eating their, you know, that we're eating their tissue and it was causing this syndrome in people. And it's invariably fatal. Like it kills you. If you get it, you die. Like, it's just, it's not even a question. I think that's so going to be my new insult. What? Man, you look like your prions are warped. <laughs> warped <laughs> I mean, all, 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 all you have to know is when it comes to cannibalism, don't, don't eat do a it. person who ate a mad cow. Word. That's simple. End. Done. Goodbye. Muting. Don't eat um, wieners on the hot dog roller. Yeah, especially if they're uh, dried, 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 and inedible looking. It's probably a fresh penis. But anyway, is anybody hungry now? Starving. Hannah wants crab legs. Ooh, I'd eat some crabs. Not quite the same kind of cannibalism. 
Wait, if you're a crabby person and you eat crab legs, does that make you a cannibal? You're a cannibal. If you're a shit person, you eat shit. Are you a cannibal? Yes. And with that, I guess we'll uh, end this episode. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget to like and subscribe. <laughs> All the things. Um, that, do people still say that? Like I don't and know. Subscribe. The old, the old people on YouTube do. The, the young kids are on TikTok. I don't understand how TikTok works. Yeah, it's not that complicated. We have one. I don't know how Discord works. It's all very confusing. Yeah, we're too old for it. Our uh, prions are misshapen. Back in the day. There's about 700 different medias. I want want to go back to AOL chat rooms. Let's do it. Simpler times. Yeah, coming this fall, Strange Woods AOL chat room. Not really. Nobody uses AOL anymore. (laughs) Some people do. Right, Troy? Right, mom. <laughs> Is it just me? Or do y'all remember when I had the thing on my computer called the palace? palace. And it was like, I remember that. I don't. You had like this little icon and it was like an open source chat room where you can move the icon around. And it was like, it when you chat it with people, like everybody could see the chats and it looked like little cartoon animation or comic book talk. Oh, you know what? Looking at it, I do remember this. That's what it was called, yeah, wasn't the it? Palace. The palace. So it's like the old version of like VR chat or like any of those MMOs oh. where people get together in like one little area. But anyway. It was before it's time. So we're on all the social medias. If you haven't picked up on that yet. Um, we post all kind of stuff on TikTok and we, we're trying to get episodes on YouTube. It just takes a long time. So we haven't done that yet. Um, but we have merch on our website, strangewoodspodcast.com. Go check it out. Brandy does a whole lot of work on there and hopefully people are actually reading it. If you want to get good information, Brandy puts a lot of good information on there. The uh, If you missed something that you heard us talk about or if you want to dive deeper into something we talked about, Brandy probably has the information. Or there. if you have no idea what we're talking about because we couldn't pronounce it right, um, she'll have it typed out there. True, true. But yeah, get at us. Get this. Get the uh, stories over to us. A lot of people like the episode uh, with the listener stories. So, you know, get us some more of them. Uh, it'd be cool if we had some audio clip ones this time. Yeah, uh, don't make us read. But if not, give us some audio. If not, we'll read if we have to. But yeah, the audio would be nice. Uh, send us over your audio. You can do that on uh, through email, pretty much anywhere. Uh, I found out that on on the Instagram messenger. I think you can record up to 30 minutes and it will compress itself and send it through an email. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, so it does it all for you. Yeah, shoot us any uh, videos or audio clips or stories you got. We'll read them. Yeah, uh, weird pictures, you know, and we'll describe them. We can talk Just about them. Just not those weird pictures. Yeah, not, not those pics. But yeah, I guess we'll uh, call this one a night. So let's say bye. 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 Bye, guys.
Ain't nothing sweeter than the listeners of Jonathan, Jeremy, and Peter. <laughs>